0: Hello everyone, my name's Harry, welcome to opinions. Whoa! Welcome, episode 11 we're up to now. What? And what's your name?
1: Just want to wish- my name is Ben, and okay. uh, I just want to wish everyone a Merry Christmas, a uh, little Merry post-Christmas gift to yes. you. Is, this, is today's episode? It's
0: us. Um, or as I'm saying, Merry Swishmas. Uh, <laughs> that's my basketball holiday of the year. Christmas, um, Christmas Day games—it's a big deal, though. For us, it was Boxing yeah. Day, but that's because we live in the future. But let's not get too bogged down by that.
1: Oh my gosh! But you know, we had some had some
0: good presents this year. Um,
1: I might break it down in a second, but first, we should start off with. <laughs>
0: <sighs> oh, oh, whoops! I meant to Breaking stop it. Not play it again. <laughs> breaking christmas news uh, breaking Let's, christmas news i i do so the today's today's um gotta um less that's the that's the new year's resolution so the episode today is called the worst presence of free agency so that will be what we're is it a ben's bombshell or a harry's hot sauce who who's gonna take it probably both of us i think it's a, it's gonna be a christmas gift to everyone <laughs> it's, it's a bomb um, it's a it's a hot bombshell It's a hot Hot bombshell. So we will be discussing later in the show. uh, I did it. I broke my New Year's resolution. I armed. But we will be talking about free agency and looking back on who at the start of the season we thought were amazing pickups versus now who were actually good pickups. But I want to open the discussion today with the Chicago Bulls because they're playing really well at the moment. They're mostly doing fine when it comes to protocols they're ranked second in the east at the moment so yeah, my opening point. opening question to you ben is when do we because uh, uh, let, let's put this in perspective when we've started the season versus the first couple of weeks we're like oh you know it'd be really cool if the chicago bulls made the top eight and made the playoffs <laughs> like that was sort of their goal we didn't yeah really see them going this good so i don't ever think bulls fans saw this coming (laughs) no no it was just like look this looks like a fun team you know we'll be happy to make the playoffs after you know pretty much sucking since michael jordan left let's be real so my question to you is though when do we actually count the chicago bulls as like a, a proper not like making the playoffs but like a conference finals threat when do, we, when do we start accepting the fact that we should be having them in the top of the East?
1: I'm going to just call it now. This is my first hot take of the day is just now. We take them serious now because <laughs> we've just kind of hit 40% of the way through the season. We're almost halfway. And I think we even mentioned last episode that at beginning of the season, you have a few flukes and you have a couple teams that are just kind of exceeding expectations. But with the consistency, they've, they've actually kept up. They're hanging with the with the top teams they're on a four win streak at the moment, along with like the Bucks, the Heat. Like, the, I, I think we take them seriously now. The, the last it's, it's ten, a bit of a lock now.
0: the last ten games, they've gone eight and two.
1: Yeah, I think we're not seeing any huge drops, um, any like real losing streaks. Like they're honestly just staying consistent, and that's what the regular season's all about—consistency. We see teams like the Jazz and the Suns in the East who. Honestly, some seasons have been surprising. It's like, oh, wow, the Jazz are first, what? But they carry it through the whole season. Um, I think the real discussion will be playoffs. I think that's when it's going to be a test for the Bulls. Playoffs Um, will be huge.
0: uh, Sorry to cut you off there, but the Bulls have still been playing well with all of their top players coming in and out of protocols as well. I think we need to... they've
1: been very heavily hit with uh, missing personnel uh, in protocols and they still... I mean, they've still been playing pretty, pretty consistently. Pretty. Uh, I think, I think part of that, if I, if I may say, is probably down to a bit of versatility in their roster. I think they aren't relying so heavily on just one or two guys. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I know some of the teams. Like, I think maybe when was out the box did have a bit of a slide, but they've bounced back now. Uh, but yeah, they, they have multiple options, multiple go-to guys, and yeah, I think that allows them to kind of play through some of these. Um uh weeks where they've where they've had players missing and, protocols. So
0: And I think as well, good defense, like Lonzo Ball especially and Alex Caruso really do hustle hard. Like when they're out there they hustle so hard and they're just that annoying they're like a good version of Patrick Beverly because Patrick Beverly is the bad version of Patrick Beverly yes so, yeah. <laughs> but like they're, they're like dogs like they're they're just always grinding they're always chasing you they're always poking prodding they're just always there but they just don't do it in a crappy way <laughs>
1: yeah I think there's a difference between hustle and playing a bit dirty
0: I think you need a little bit
1: of maybe a little bit of dirtiness just to kind of have that hustle yeah, but, but I think yeah they're, they're playing incredible defense as a team and some individual um, really good defensive performances too so like that keeps them in the running because uh, obviously you can't just rely entirely on your offense.
0: So. Yep. I, yeah. I, I swear, though, if we give them the opinions curse and they just start to to plummet, I'd be so sad.
1: Yeah, we don't want to be putting coal in their stockings with our opinions curse because so far, every time we've made a big, big call, it's gone the opposite.
0: So. Yep. But, <laughs> to see. but um. so far, so good. Uh, they're playing well, mm. It's re- like, and they're really, really fun to watch, especially when they have their whole team. Like It is a fun team that they've got going on there, and it is yeah, honestly, like, really, really fun to watch. Which, keep an eye out for the Bulls. We've heard it here first. They're going to make the, I reckon, semis or conference finals at this rate. Like, they're playing that well. That's a big call. We should pop
1: that on the board, but... I, I don't disagree board, with you to yeah. be honest if they can stay defensively strong and just have that many options because i think when you have teams that yeah, do kind of rely heavily on someone they make it to the playoffs and their player has just a couple off nights that's enough to give the other team the upper hand, upper hand. whereas having honestly about four or five kind of go-to guys um yeah i think that really yeah. keeps them keeps them in and the, the
0: mid-range look yeah. We'll talk a little bit more about the Bulls' success, more specifically, uh, DeMar DeRozan, later in the show. So just keep an eye out. But DeMar has been a huge piece for them, and we'll tell you why later. So, and I think we. So on to the next point, because uh, it's a similar question. One we were talking a little bit last week, but the situation has changed a little bit. When do we take the Cavs seriously? Taking in mind, though that they've been playing quite well without, like, Mobley and I think Jared Allen's still out. Like, they've still gone 7-3 and three in the last 10 games. They've, they've slid down to fifth, but they're missing some of their big guns, which is, like, their whole strat. Play three really big bigs. Yeah. So, do we have to slightly upgrade? Like, do we take them more seriously that they're still getting Ws without their full team? Especially with how tight that team kind of is with with who they rely on yeah i think i did expect to see them drop a little bit
1: a little bit more perhaps in the, in the period without a couple of their players um thankfully mobile i think is actually uh, coming back I now he, so that'll be yeah. helpful for them but Still uh not- yeah look i mean oh, i think we put them in the same category as the bulls like i think they've got past that uh kind of fluky period where it's like oh this could be a bit of a surprise um, a bit like the Knicks last season, where they <laughs> exceeded expectations, but really just hung in there and ended up finishing quite strong. So I think we can put the Cavs, and it honestly is a sentence I didn't think I'd be saying, but I think we can see the Cavs pretty solid luck for the playoffs, which. yeah. Honestly, Which, what a surprise! But um, if, yeah. if
0: the Cavs stay there, it's gonna wreck your whole statistic. Like your your bombshell you did at the start of the year, <laughs> where you're like one one team drops out and one team comes in. Because at the moment, if we went to the finals right now, the Cavs weren't in last year, the Bulls weren't in last year, and I believe the Hornets weren't in last year no, either. Oh, we we're, we're having such a big shake up between seasons, but I love it. I mean that's why this season's been so exciting because yeah, I we just had so absolutely many teams. Love it. surprise us. So uh-huh. I yeah, so I just did I just just quickly wanted to highlight that the Cavs are still doing pretty well. Like they're still you know, they still went seven and three in ten, in the last ten without some of the big guns. So yeah. it's just it's really interesting to see how teams like you know, some teams are are adjusting really well to missing certain people and other teams are not. So,
1: Speaking of which, yes. it might actually be a quick segue into the Christmas Day uh, yes, games because I, I do want, I want to touch on this. Because obviously Christmas Christmas Day games are always exciting in the schedule. They've deliberately put some uh, interesting opponents up against Bang each is. other. A little bit trickier this year as we were missing some of the big guns, uh, which is a bit of a shame, but... Interesting results. Um, I want to quickly go starting off with Atlanta versus New York because I think that was always something we were looking forward to yeah, after well, last year's unfortunately, playoff.
0: Fortunately, no Trey Young. He was out. Yeah, no Trey. Like um, the main thing, the main, of, the main selling of main point thing. of that was Trey Young versus New York. Yeah, we're ready
1: to see him mouthing off at the at the New York fans. Uh, so it was a bit of a, a bit of a shame, no Trey. Um, honestly, both teams had a lot of players missing. I mean, Atlanta without Trey, Danilo, Bertha, all these guys. So. Yeah, a little bit understaffed. Um, Very New understaffed. New York did win pretty comfortably, but the surprise there, which I think we might touch on later as well, but Kemba with a triple-double. Not great scoring. I think he only went about 2-5 from the field, but getting some serious minutes and contributing to the team when had... not too many weeks ago we saw him without any minutes.
0: But it's obviously that no... does it's... come into play. It's a whole Kyrie it's situation. Our, yeah. <laughs> they had no one else yep. to play, and Kemba was yep. like, I'm just going to hog the ball and keep shooting till I get... <laughs> Triple double, like I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, had
1: twelve assists, so he was distributing the ball. But yeah, I think like obviously with the yeah lack of personnel, they have to bring guys like him back. Uh, and yeah, while he shot terribly from the field, three from twelve, um, good to see him at least get some minutes. And maybe it's a chance for the Knicks to, currently, um, are sitting a little bit lower maybe than they planned in tenth. Maybe that gives a little bit of rejuvenation to Kemba back since he was only just signed to the team this year. Uh, perhaps bring him back into the rotation, even off the bench or something. But, but I just yeah. I don't know. Do you think he like can any, make a comeback?
0: He, no. I, I think they're just they're, mm. they're low on people. He got, th- what, 37 in another game, but again, he just took a bunch of shots. The, these stat lines are not taking into account his lack of defense, which was the bigger problem. And yep. sure, he might be trying to... You know, he's got he got an opportunity. He took it. He got 37 points. He got a triple-double... I just don't I just don't see like Kemba hasn't looked good the last couple of years. Has he got like he's always got the potential to do well. I just don't think it's a consistent thing. Yeah. I think it's fair enough. And I think
1: the transition when he was in uh Charlotte like for the Hornets, he was like the number one go-to guy. I think even as soon as he went to Boston, we could just, kind of see yeah. it wasn't the same same Kemba when he had to share the ball with other stars. Um, obviously, with a few other guys on the Knicks. So, yeah, I, I think i kind of agree with that. I'd like to see him back in the rotation,
0: but and, um, I can understand with the lack of defense and size. And and the thing is, someone like Kemba like, might like might get away with it during the regular season, but teams will lick their chops at a Kemba Walker in the playoffs. That Yeah, it'd be a liability. A, that is a manual exploit. While... Yeah we're talking about the Knicks. I found a cool... um, I found a really cool post on Reddit about Julius Randle. Now, I'm, I won't go... We've, we've talked a bit about Julius Randle. I think the stats are showing that last year was just an above-average season for Julius, and we're seeing this season hmm. a little bit more of the... what you normally get out of Julius. But just really quickly... I've got this cool article that compares the Nets, the Knicks, not the Nets, the Knicks net rating when Julius Randle is on the court with certain people. So let's just pick out the interesting people. Derek Rose is a minus four, RJ Barrett is a minus six, Kemba Walker is a minus eight, and Evan Fournier is a minus six. So that's when Julius Randle and player are listed on the court together. Okay. Uh then um Julius uh so then the Knicks net rating when Julius Randle and player uh that doesn't matter. What sorry I'm just reading this on the go. So Nick's net rating when Julius Randle is off the court and player listed is on the court. Derek Rose, 15. Okay. RJ Barrett, 16. Uh Kemba Walker, two, but that's his stats are a little He's bit funny because he hasn't played a lot of minutes. Evan Fournier, four, but again, he hasn't had a lot of minutes when this was done. So mm-hmm. you can just see how much so, Kemba... Uh, sorry, Just Kemba. to summarize it, we're looking at these, all these guys, like a lot of these guys
1: who are getting a lot of minutes on the Knicks rotation, uh, even like Quickly and Mitchell Robinson, things like that, all in the negative in terms of efficiency. As soon as Randall is off, we see these numbers go up from like negative five, negative six, up into like the 15s, 16s, even yeah. 20s in some situations. Yeah. Positive. So, so, not only, I guess, is he having a, a lesser season than last last year, obviously being an all-star last year, it's impacting the teammates by the look of it. Is, what, he's, is it. Am I reading that correctly? Yes,
0: yes. Basically, whenever yeah. Julius Randle's on the court, the team sucks. And whenever he's mm-hmm. off the court, people play better.
1: Yeah. And I think if, if
0: I, from what I've seen so far in the
1: season, I think obviously when he's on, he's, kind of like their only like star if you will uh pushing the ball through him and him him taking more shots but i think the knicks honestly probably fit closer into like we were saying with phoenix and stuff where they have multiple guys that are go-to's i think the knicks can start being like that even like the Cavs, because Mm. guys like alec burks and things like that who are stepping up who really were just bench players are getting a bit more of an opportunity and i think they have a bit more depth overall as a team so i think it's a bit detrimental trying to run through like their one star in quotations if you will Uh, yeah
0: trying to handle the ball like he did last year and it's just not working that was an Uh, outlier look it sucks but he needs to look more at being a bit more of a team facilitator and taking less shots he's not hitting them yeah
1: i guess i have a question for you as well just before we move on from, from new york do you reckon they're gonna make the playoffs this year
0: that's a really difficult one because mm. that like even like six to seventh through to like 12 11 are so close
1: I mean, it's just very tight this year so
0: it it mm. really depends on scheduling let's see who are their upcoming games can i see the 2022 schedule let's have a look um
1: we Detroit. do know that some of the teams have a very easy end of the seasons whereas teams seems like the lakers have really
0: really tough upcoming schedule yes uh maybe oh they've got an okay like they've got boston toronto they should beat them minnesota new orleans they should win they won't beat la cleveland will probably beat them oh it's like a 50 50 schedule i don't know honestly like that it could really swing either way it just depends if they decide to play or not they have i'd say how
1: tight the east is with, with teams like Atlanta actually sitting behind them in 11th at the moment, but they've got Trey back. I wouldn't be surprised if teams like that kind of make a bit of resurgence as they get
0: some of their players back. Mm. I can see New York kind of dropping out. I, the- I will say that New York will be fighting for a play-in spot. Okay, I think that's a fair call, yeah. I think that's realistically where they're probably going to end up. They're either going to be the eighth seed, or they're going to be fighting for a, a play-in spot but
1: yeah I, I think I tend to agree with you
0: that yeah. yeah I just there's like the Atlanta Hawks have way more potential than the Knicks Boston have more potential than the Knicks and they're in ninth and and tenth uh yeah with the, yeah, New York. the 11th yeah sorry ninth and 11th trying to do m- quick math but yeah, I, I see a lot more potential mm. in those two teams who are outside the top eight. I still think the Wizards have a chance because they've got a good core. <laughs> Thanks, Lakers. Um, Hornets are still, <laughs> you know, pretty like bruh with the with the ball. Philly uh, Embiid's just carrying Philly. I don't see the Nets, Bulls, Bucks, or the Heat dropping out of the top eight anytime soon, unless yeah. they lose their whole team and they have to play G League players, which they'll get postponed before that happens. So yeah, I, <laughs> I think the, oh, the Knicks, the Knicks, are, yeah, they need to make some moves. Evan Fournier isn't playing well, who's supposed to be a big pickup. And we'll talk more about Evan Fournier and Kemba Walker later in the episode.
1: Definitely. I guess just wrapping up
0: the Christmas day for anyone who happened to be busy with family or
1: anyone and didn't get to, didn't get to catch it up. Uh, Celtics vs. Bucks, uh, honestly, a pretty interesting game. Actually, the Bucks were down, had a big comeback, nineteen-point deficit. Giannis had a big game, thirty-six points. Uh, yeah, honestly, pretty solid, but nothing outstanding. Uh, Warriors against
0: Suns has been we playing like crazy. That.
1: Yeah, <laughs> since he's come back, yeah, he's been falling out entirely. Uh, and yeah, Milwaukee, who we were actually sitting kind of a little bit sketchy, kind of around that seventh, eighth position for a while, have really had a resurgence, seven and three in their last ten games. Um, yeah, made their up to third, and I can see them staying there probably. Yeah, um, all things going well, assuming. Um, but yeah, Warriors and Suns. Uh, I know we've been looking at them. They've played each other, obviously same conference, same division. They've played each other quite a few times. in mm-hmm. uh, this this one, the Warriors actually uh, managed it's to run away with the win. Uh, Curry wasn't super efficient, only thirty seven percent from the field, but thirty three points will still be enough from him uh, each each day. It's just uh, Draymond is out now.
0: Which could be big because he's mm. like their yeah their on court coach is how I would yeah, call exactly. it. The Golden State confused me right because they're still getting mm. Ws. Uh, like what well, they went eight and two in the last ten, but like Kyrie, uh, not Kyrie Curry, Curry, Curry has just not been shooting well. Just consistently, like he's still getting big points, but he's not being the most efficient. And I'm. Like, if he yeah. could pick up his efficiency and, like, 37% isn't terrible, but we know that Curry yeah. can do better. If he could... If Curry gets Five closer to that... Not what we usually see from him. Like, it, we'll see him taking that many shots, but he's usually thinking a couple more of them. If, um, if he gets up to 40 or 42%, like, that's nuts. Mm. That
1: Yeah, I mean, like, on the season... Uh, as it stands currently um, I mean, he's shooting shooting Like 43% from the field Which is 5% drop from last season So I think, yeah, he's had a f- bit of a stretch of Maybe like a few games recently Like you said, that he has, has dropped a little bit But he's still kind of producing the points in one way or another mm. uh, He's getting a decent number of free throws So he's still contributing Especially with guys like Jordan Poole out um, Obviously Clay's still not back And even Wiggins currently
0: um, For that game was out So yeah, he's still getting his points He's still getting there. Which, and I guess mm. for a normal superstar like Curry's playing fine. It's just, I guess, for, for Curry, we we expect a little bit more of from him. But yeah, we have high we, standards. Yeah. We got a high standards here to her opinions. High standards. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and honestly, the Suns didn't play a terrible game. I think it was still
1: relatively close. Um, so yeah, it's good to see them battling it out for the top of the top of the West. Um, speaking of the West, Mavs versus Jazz. Uh, obviously, it was a bit rough for the. For the Mavs, uh, Luca's out, and obviously a lot of other players missing. Um, so the Jazz, even though they had a bit of a slow start, kind of uh, oh. managed to just hang in there, um, stay stay ahead. Uh, interesting though, Kristaps Porzingis and Jalen Bronson both kind of stepping up in Luca's absence. Twenty-seven points each. Uh, Porzingis didn't hit a three that game, zero from five. But <laughs> and again, kind of like Curry, still still finding ways to get points. Eleven from thirteen from the free throw line. So it's good to see him maybe being a little bit more. Aggressive, because um, we do see him kind of hanging around the perimeter a while, just waiting for the pass from Luca. Uh, so hopefully, getting a bit more inside, drawing yeah. fouls, and that's what I want to see.
0: I swear he always steps up when Luca isn't around. Like, can't you two like make <laughs> it work somehow? Like, <laughs> yeah, so can't they all just get along? I...
1: But yeah, I feel like just the oh, I don't know the chemistry between them on court. Not great. I don't know what he, he what, does. up when Luke is not there, what
0: does Dallas do though? Like they've got nowhere to go with this team. They don't have a lot of assets. They don't have a lot of picks. They don't have a lot of budget. They're not really they're not a longer contract on, on their two stars. So they yeah, they kind of gone all in. They're not a great free agency destination. Mm. Have have they peaked? Yeah. Can they do any like?
1: I feel like. As as much as I hate to say it, because I do like Dallas, I think they they kind of have because they've really leaned into the strategy. I think they've picked up a couple of good pieces, but I don't know if the dynamic duo of KP and Luca will be enough. However, my caveat is that Luca is Luca, and he can carry a team just to incredible extent sometimes. So I think if he can just go insane, like Super Saiyan Luca mode, it might be enough there. But yeah, it's just a bit of a shame. Just, but I think KP maybe isn't the best backup for
0: Luka. The rest of the team just isn't great. Like, I still think Dallas giving up Seth Curry was the biggest mistake they've ever made.
1: Yeah, I think a lot a
0: shame them losing like, pieces like that. Bad move. That's exactly who you really want on a team. Yeah. Bad. Move. Um, I think
1: they've made they've made some okay pickups. Like, honestly, I think Brunson's doing a decent job. Um, I think he's playing pretty well, but. Yeah, I guess they picked up Reggie Bullock this season, but yeah, they they lost. It's almost they lost as much, if not more, than they gained if yep. they kept some of those other players. They would absolutely be looking at a pretty strong team. But yeah,
0: a shame. The final mm. final uh, Christmas Day game was yes. Brooklyn versus the Lakers, which I'm still watching that game at the moment. But uh, mm. honestly, it's the I usual my, my spoilers. But <laughs> look, it's the usual stuff. Lakers are missing shots. Mm. Brooklyn are just Mm. people step up whoever's there it's yeah it's actually kind of exciting to watch
1: without spoiling anything like I think it was a bit of a closer game than than probably expected uh but just some quick call outs because uh Harden coming back and I think you were mentioning the other day it does take a little bit of momentum to get going uh actually had a really solid game uh triple double 36 points but I have to shut this out. It's a spoiler for you. I'm sorry, but. No, no, I already really <laughs> know. Think- really know who wins. What a what a guy. 34 points, 7 yep. assists. Uh okay. just drops 8 threes, 61% from 3. I mean, this guy's going crazy this season. Hasn't Absolutely crazy. Missed any
0: time. Yeah. Uh, look, uh, from what I've seen of the game, honestly, like it was it's like close on paper, but it wasn't really close on the court. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, you can you can tell
1: watching it like who kind of has the momentum.
0: So, LeBron, I do have to give props. LeBron has been playing like an absolute madman the last couple of games. Absolutely, yeah. what I think he's like been averaging like thirty points or something. Like he's been yeah
1: playing really stepped up
0: like crazy the last couple of games. Well, hold up. So, yeah, against Houston today, 32 points, which was the first time he's ever been officially listed as a center, uh, against Brooklyn, lost against Brooklyn for 39, lost against the Spurs. How do you lose against the Spurs? Yeah. He got 36. I think that's a good
1: call-out as well, because this game against the Rockets, they... Like they were celebrating near the end of the game they hit a couple of daggers to kind of steal the game and they're celebrating like they've just like won the championship <laughs> like maybe a bit of an exaggeration but Bro, that- yeah it's just a bit bit sad when they're winning these what should be easy games I mean the Rockets are lost in the West and it honestly ended up being a pretty close game like, yeah I mean LeBron played really well. Westbrook finally had a good game he was actually really efficient he was like over 60 percent um in shooting
0: but he throws he I throws one of those in every so often just to make you be like oh yeah he's not that bad then he sucks for the rest of the month I mean even
1: this Christmas Day game like he went four from 20 from the field didn't hit a single three uh I mean still got a triple double but I feel like the stats are meaningless <laughs> when he's that inefficient um so yeah it's just I don't know I feel like it's a, it's much more common knowledge now and even when we we called it out it's funny because we we're mentioning how the end of the season, their schedule is looking, and I think a lot of people are catching on to that now. And and that, yeah, this Vakers team's like, barely trouble. hanging in there. <laughs> Look, They're barely uh, hanging in there, and they've got the toughest schedule.
0: Uh, so. LeBron, something's got to give. Like LeBron got thirty-four mm-hmm. in their loss to Phoenix. He got thirty-one in their loss to the Chicago Bulls. He got eighteen in the loss to Minnesota. Like
1: he's hitting over thirty-point games, but just doesn't have the team to back him up. Yep. Which I, is
0: yeah. I sent you I sent you that clip of well it's in it's in our notes of LeBron got three rebounds in a row on the same offensive possession and flicked it out three times, like passed it out to three other teammates really, really well. Three bricks in a row. <sighs> and then it's, it's just sad to watch. I mean And then the Rockets doing everything he can the Rockets finally got the rebound, took it up the other end and got a point. First go yeah oh. so and i I, sh- I do have a question for you how much so it's been pretty much accepted that that uh lebron and ad to some extent because they both would have had to sign off on it but it's been right widely reported that that lebron james was the person that wanted russ they had a yep. kuzma has told us on a podcast but it, that he was basically he was getting ready to go to Sacramento for Buddy Healed is that the yeah uh, so I think would have been a great it yeah. was it was like pretty much about to get signed and then all of a sudden out of nowhere they go actually you're going to uh, to Washington and so how much of this mess does yeah. does LeBron James need to accept responsibility for
1: I think a lot of it I, I think he's yeah. Kind of well known now that he does have doubles. a lot of influence um yeah yeah <laughs> perhaps yeah doubles in a little bit of jam moving on the side but yeah i think he he obviously is the main player on the team he he has a bit of an idea who he wants to play with and i mean t- to be fair like russell westbrook like say five six years ago whatever I, he's a guy probably one of my team as well but just looking at the inefficiency and the way the game is played at the moment I I don't think it was it was the piece to kind of finish their big three, uh, oh. but LeBron I think does have his slight stereotypes for who he wants to play with. Like I mean, he grabbed Melo and stuff as well. I mean, okay pieces, but not not quite championship questionable caliber, pieces. Yeah, I've so, I mean I think I think yeah I've been talking
0: this team down the moment it got signed. I told yeah. you they're too old, yeah. all of them. Yeah. <laughs> I think, honestly, Buddy Healed would have been a great fit. I
1: think they need the yeah. shooting. They That's could see a a bit of youth as well. And uh, they wouldn't yeah. have
0: had to give away everything that they had. Yeah. So
1: That's the thing as well. They gave up so much.
0: Yeah. While, while we're talking about uh, Russell Westbrook, let's talk about his trade history because I'm just shocked at how a negative asset... He's a negative asset. I'm sorry. He's not a positive asset. He's not a bargain of a deal. Yeah. He's on a fat contract that's very expensive but so when he was traded from OKC the Rockets gave up Chris Paul which look at was a bargain for OKC in, in the, the long yeah. run because they flip Paul for even more picks later um, <laughs> but Rockets gave Chris Paul two protected first round picks and two second round pick swaps for Russell Westbrook then Washington Gave up John Wall, which was pretty, one of the few people that you could actually trade one for one for Russell Westbrook and a 2023 yeah. lottery protected first round pick. Again, regardless of if they got it or not, it was still they. The Wizards gave up an asset; they gave up something yeah. to get Russ. Yeah. Then the Lakers were like, "Hold up, we really want Westbrook. Like, can we have him?" And Washington, like, "Yeah, if you give us some stuff." So, Lakers is like, yeah, we got you, fam. So, they give up KCP, Kyle Kuzma, Montreal Harrell, Aaron Holiday, and Spencer Dinwiddie, and the draft rights of Isaiah Todd, whoever the hell that is. Sorry, Isaiah. Um, for Russ. For one inefficient turnover machine.
1: Yeah. I think... If- what?
0: Look, I mean, Westbrook has Westbrook has, like... I don't know,
1: maybe some some value in some way. But but the thing is, if, if maybe he was a free agent or something, sign him to like a medium to small contract. But when you're giving up that many assets as well, it just doesn't make sense.
0: Uh, the Lakers <laughs> could have used a couple of those players About right now, let me tell you. Mm-hmm. And the That's man's it. like a professional first-round exit person. Like, he'll get your team to the playoffs, but he's never made a deep run.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, other than when he had... Uh KD Harden and that stuff was like Ten years ago. There. Yeah. So I mean it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense in my, my mind. No. But,
0: no. but now if Lakers yeah. are stuck with him. I'll be Yeah. I will be really surprised if they manage to trade him. And let me tell you, they're trying to. I guarantee you they're trying to trade him right now.
1: I mean it could be interesting. We could have a
0: pretty interesting uh pretty
1: interesting trade soonish, we will see. Speaking yeah. um, of signing dudes, we are.
0: Uh... Here's how the phone call goes, though. <laughs> Hello, this is the GM for so and so. Hey, it's the Lakers. We we're wondering if you're interested in Russ.
1: <laughs> so I mean, pretty much the Ben Simmons conversations yeah. just over again with Westbrook. <laughs> no one wants him
0: either. Which I yeah. I think if the protocols calm down, I do think Ben will get traded. I think someone will nibble at him eventually, but. I do think that people are a little bit yeah. too too distracted with just trying to fill the team at the moment.
1: Yeah, they're trying to manage their own teams before having to even think about other other players they could be adding. But uh, yeah, I guess surely he can't just sit around there forever and do nothing. I feel like someone will have to pick him up, even if it's not exactly the the trade that Philly want. Um, yeah. But yeah, so- I guess we move on to the uh, hot sauce. Speaking of... Players sauce, the teams are picked
0: up. Bombshell. We're gonna yeah. Let's let's break it down. Come on
1: <laughs> Hoops. Oops. This is our little Christmas present to everyone. Yes. Sorry. Take we... it away, Harry.
0: Take it away. Uh, where are my notes? Where are my notes? Okay. So there was um, two bleach article reports, which we're gonna like roughly refer to just as like you know the. The base, the baseline. So there was an article... Three-season
1: opinions, effectively.
0: Yes. So they they ranked the 10 worst signings and the 10 best signings. So I've gone and cherry-pricked all the interesting people. I don't have time to break down every single person. But the reason why today's episode is called The Worst Presence of Free Agency was... Uh, And, you know what? ASP wasn't the only people. A lot of people were saying this was a terrible signing and they did not understand why the Bulls signed DeMar DeRozan. Mm. That was considered, at the start of the season, a bad signing. But, big but, DeMar is honestly one of the humongous reasons why the Bulls are where they are right now. That man is clutch has been killing the mid range has been stepping up has absolutely bailed the bulls out of multiple well bailed the bulls out and got the multiple victories on his back he absolutely i think go on ben there you go tell me tell me tell me what you're gonna say i want to hear I was
1: it i'm just gonna say it's interesting because not only was this seen as a bad signing espn like, actually said this was the worst signing of the of the preseason which and that's I mean, look, I I can kind of see where they're coming from because their approach is that he has never been a crazily good defender. Uh, He wouldn't be utilized as much of a playmaker because they've already got guys like Levine and Vucevic and whatnot. But I feel like that's, I don't know, I feel like people have been sleeping on him. I know San Antonio, not the powerhouse that he used to be, so I think everyone kind of weren't paying attention down south. So I think it's a little bit of a, I don't know, caught people blindsided, I suppose, but... I think that's the benefit They were kind of looking at Oh they've already got these stars Maybe he'd, he'd be like, Trying to kind of Take the ball away from them But I think that's why The Bulls are going so well They have these multiple options And he's honestly A great fit with Levine They're both averaging Very similar In terms of scoring It's almost like They've duplicated Their, yeah. their scoring potential So Yeah
0: pretty crazy Ble- Bleacher Report forgot That the Bulls Could pass the ball
1: I think we all did when they were uh, kind of at the bottom of the East, like,
0: but uh, just, oh, yeah. Like and, like and that's the thing with like the bulls is like, you know, if DeMar's going well, he can just step up when he needs, like, you know, if you need some buckets, DeMar will be like, Hey, I got you. Or if he's not hitting as well, Zach can step up Or you got Vooch or you got ball Caruso. Like they're playing well. DeMar at the moment is averaging 27 points a game. 27. Yeah. 27. And I think that's- even crazy
1: to look at because his last season he was averaging like 21 which is like still decent but you'd think that he his scoring would drop when he's sharing the ball with other stars But it's actually gone up yeah not only is this guy like matching well with these other stars he's actually thriving so he is that's i think one of the biggest biggest mistakes that people were making is oh it's... this is a bad signing i think it was a great fit
0: at the amount of 30 bombs he's had recently, I would not be surprised. If he can keep going... That's the thing. If he can keep going the way he's going, he is going to average 30 points a game. I mean, at the rate he's going, yeah. <laughs> Which <laughs> would not be that surprised. It's not far off. He is also... So, I've also gone through the PER uh, stats, because I thought that'd be fun to have a look at... You know, stats. We like stats here. But not... You know, we don't want to go too deep, but... The player efficiency ratings are, I think, a really fun stat because you want efficient players. So that you know, I don't look. Do I know exactly how the PER runs works? No, I just know it. It's a it's efficiency takes into account all your stuff. Um, Dama is eighth in the league in PER, mm. and to get on this list, you have to play a minimum of seventy percent of. Your your team's games, so yeah, he's eighth, eighth in the league. He's actually sure more a bit efficient of as well than Curry. So obviously,
1: some guys are putting up big numbers. So if you look strictly at like league leaders in certain stats, like wow, but yeah, it's more like efficiency. But this is up with guys like Jokic, Antetokounmpo, Durant, guys like this at the top of the league. So DeRozan's actually above someone like Curry at the Curry's moment. Curry's in tenth. Uh, yeah, above guys like AD, think he Towns. Uh, also above his teammate Levine, but yeah, like Jackson so, in
0: eighteenth. So like that's not everyone mm. has two or three people in the top twenty. So yeah, it's it's pretty good. Uh, just just a quick fun shout out: <laughs> Javale McGee is fifth, in, in, <laughs> and and Rudy Gobert is sixth, and Montreal Harris is in seventh. Like, and then you got yeah, Harold, yeah. um, Hartenstein for the Clippers is in ninth as well. So
1: help being a center, I think,
0: because obviously putting in things like field goal percentage, it's
1: more efficient taking inside shots. Yep. But I think there's also guys that really like know their role and just exactly. kind of play to their role. So yep. McGee's a Spesh- perfect example.
0: Yeah, especially McGee. So mm-hmm. I-, I think I know the answer to this, but Ben, was DeMar DeRozan a bad signing? No, nah, I think it's a great signing.
1: <laughs> I think look, I mean I-, I think to be honest, I was one of those people at the beginning of the season that was like, ooh, this is juicy but I wasn't sure how it would actually go. I thought it was because sweet. they did have. I'll admit that. Yeah, even like picking up like Caruso, like and and Lonzo, they're picking up guys who, like, are solid and show potential. But they were really seen as kind of like solid role players, like off the bench and whatnot. Maybe kind of just only just starter caliber. But yeah, I think just the play style as a team. I don't think we we saw how well they would fit with, I think, the, the Bulls uh, in I, terms of the way they're playing up tempo So I
0: do have to say, I was, I was really hyped for AC and, and Lonzo to go to the Bulls. I thought those were great. Yeah. I <laughs> just want to go on record and say that in hindsight, which, you know, hindsight's a, a, a thing, but in hindsight, DeMar DeRozan was probably the best free agent pickup of this year's free agency.
1: Yeah, which is funny because they were, they were suggesting it would be the worst. So I think it's even crazier that not only was it good, I think it's yeah, probably the best. That I can think of there.
0: So pretty crazy. Next on our list, we've got Jarrett Allen, who was, according to the Bleach Report, a bad signing. I think he's on twenty million a year for a hundred mil for five years or something. Which you know, Bleach Report were like, it's getting, getting too much and he doesn't do enough. But he's and to be fair, they are all
1: factoring in the contracts, all these as well. So we're mostly looking at their performance. I guess they are factoring the. Contract too.
0: I think Jared Allen's worth that money. But if, Yeah, I was about
1: to say, I think if, he's, he's still if, worth it.
0: If Cleveland didn't throw that money at him, someone else would have. And that was, like, Jared mm-hmm. Allen got traded at a good time because he was asking the Nets for more money, and the Nets were like, oh, we're kind of running out of money. And Jared Allen's like, I know my worth. Like, Yeah, kind of stood his ground. His worth, like, you know, he's averaging 16, 10, and 2. So 16 points, 10 rebounds, which... You know, is it like a Curry level? No, but for a center, I think that those are perfectly fine stats. I'd like for him to try and work his way up to 20 points, 20, 22 a game, but with the way the Cavs play, averaging 16 is perfectly fine because it's a very team-based thing, but the yeah. the big two stats for him is that he's 11th in player efficiency rating, and he's 10th in the league for rebounds.
1: Yeah. He's rebounding solidly. And can we also shout out to block and a half, I think that over the last 10 games to almost two blocks a game, he's always going to be a defensive presence, which yep. is so important on any team. Uh, even on the Nets, I think they're missing a little bit of their yeah. defensive presence perhaps now. So uh, yeah, but
0: those definitely. two teams,
1: the, the Bulls and the Cavs, as we mentioned, exceeding expectations yep. probably because people have been sleeping on them with these pannings. These
0: exactly. and. You do need a, like, he's more of, like, you know, he's a bit of a half defense, half offense player. And look at Gobert, you need players like that. Absolutely. Allen can be a bit more aggressive. That'd be a fantastic signing. So I'm just going to go out and say it. That is a bad, like, it was reported as a bad signing, but we think that is a great signing. If, it can almost like my probably top four, top five best signings of, of free agency. If you put DeMar. Jared Allen, Lonzo Ball, Patty Mills, and Chris Paul in my top, like that's probably my quick off the top, top five, not in any order, but those are probably, yep. I think the best ones. Uh, Definitely. That's what you're looking at. Chris Paul, we'll run over him quickly. He got a really fat contract. I don't think he's worth such a big contract personally, but then he also is. It's a weird one. I think,
1: yeah, I mean, strictly speaking, if you were to look at, okay, look at his stats, look at how much he's he's costing them, you could go, maybe not, but then if you add the name Chris Paul, you get the full story, like, you get the whole context, because and he's not just bringing the stats to the table, he's bringing that leadership, I mean, even as we mentioned before, when he was traded to the Thunder, he took this team to, like, playoffs when this team had no shot in the world without, without him, were, like...
0: That was supposed to be the first year of the tank, like... Yeah, and he accidentally
1: <laughs> brought them to the playoffs, which was, I think surprised everyone, and then moved to the Suns and led them to the finals. I mean, this guy
0: just is the perfect presence on a team in terms of, in terms of leadership. And look, at the moment, he's averaging 14 4, and 10 which, honestly, for the role he's sort of... Like, again, he's, he's trying to be more of the facilitator at the moment, and he steps up when needed, but he's consistent he's first in the league for assists he's 30th in per which considering he's only averaging 14 points a game and he's that high in the again like this table goes down to like 250 300 people so yeah the fact that on such a like you know he's only ever in such a small amount of points you know if he's averaging Mm. 14 a game and he's 30th in per he's shooting at a good clip he's
1: yeah, I mean, with his experience, he's he's got great shot selection. He's not going to be yes. taking interviews
0: from from uh Russell Westbrook shots. Um,
1: yes. But yeah, I mean, he's and, and the way the Suns play, on I me, mean, as well, they're passing the ball, moving it, getting getting the best look every possession. So yeah, I don't think yes. you can put a price on on his experience and leadership.
0: So exactly, and and look at that, we're going to have to continue this conversation into <laughs> into our exclusive YouTube point. segment because we're just running out of time. Christmas was too exciting
1: definitely and i guess on that note
0: hope everyone had a great christmas a great new year it's going to be very
1: exciting uh, going to 2022 seeing the second half of the season Absolutely. but yeah we'll uh see you in the youtube portion otherwise
0: have a good Thank- one thanks for listening peace
1: see ya